very late night or an early morning in the seven cities here. I'm Brady Parkins. And I'm Charlie Wise. And we are back in the newly renovated studio. We have moved from my bar downstairs in the shed here. We are now upstairs. In the penthouse. In the penthouse. I mean, how many podcasts can say that they moved up in the world like we did in less than a year in business it is incredible up here we have completely renovated we're starting a second podcast with my wife your fiance soon to be wife things are getting crazy for you over there but not as crazy as our march is about to be we've got march madness baby it is time for the best betting period in the year Feels like we've been waiting a while for this one. Ever, I mean, ever since the Super Bowl started, we had these these days circled, and they're finally here. It is so exciting. It it seems like we have been talking about this for the past four months nonstop. Even with the Super Bowl happening, I think college basketball has really grown on me. I think Same. I've had a lot of fun betting it this year, and think you just see way more trends that go your way in college basketball compared to football. I just think I'm way more confident in a lot of the teams I pick. And you get just better odds on teams that you don't even think you're an underdog. I remember we had one evening during January where we bet can't or Kentucky. Kentucky's money line, baby. Money line at plus 200, and they beat Kansas by 10 points in Allen more than Fieldhouse. More 10. They mean by 25 that game. It was crazy but so you get crazy great, odds great like start. that it just such an exciting time of year we have i've watched a game probably every night since you know nfl has ended yeah at least since football ended i've been all over college basketball i've never watched this much college basketball in my life i mean i i started to get into it a bit more with betting last march madness ended up having a great march madness that year Kind of hooked me in to sports betting even more, and man, it's just really taken off since then. And it, I think, college basketball is one of the most exciting sports. You know, it's without a doubt you can't match it. The environment, the rivalries, just and then March Madness, the pinnacle of it all. It's just so beautiful, so much fun. I just hate that I cannot call in sick to work tomorrow because that would be <laughs> so mean to all my coworkers. We're really tight staffed, you know, just like everybody else right now. But I've been researching bets nonstop since, you know, the bracket came out and you have too. We've actually been together the past two days talking over our bets and we've got them here. We have a bet for every single game and the team we think that's going to win it. Yeah, this is this has got to be by far the most research we've ever done for one individual episode. Not even close. I have looked into so many different games of so many different teams, seen trying to find trends as much as we can, and I we found some really good ones. And then, I mean, you'll we'll talk about them a little bit later. Well, actually, very soon because Seton Hall and TCU is the second game on our <laughs> docket here, and. You, you try to find the best trends you can, and sometimes seeing Hall TCU, it's it's amazing how well the committee did with this matchup. Spot on. Could not figure out a closer matchup in yep. the whole country probably. Like I said, we'll get to that soon here. Let's start out 
in the south part of the NCAA tournament with Arizona versus Wright State. Yeah, got Arizona, their 22-point favorite, going up against 16 Wright State, who won tonight to beat Bryant, coming off that win here. They got the over-under in this one is 157, but our pick in this one is going to be Arizona minus 22. Wright State's, their, their defense is pretty bad. They rank at 256th in the country. They're coming off of just giving up 82 points in their victory to Bryant. And Bryant's offense only ranks 161st in the country, but Arizona is a top 10 offense. They are actually fifth. Um, didn't realize I had that written down. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> they scored an average of 89.5 points per game in their non-conference slate this year. Meanwhile, Wright State, in their one game where you can kind of draw a similar opponent to what you kind of expect from Arizona, they played Purdue earlier this year. They gave up 96 points in that game. I told you earlier, I won't be surprised to see Arizona put up 100 in this one. I think they're definitely clearing 90, which is a pretty important number here because Arizona gave up just 70, gave up 70 plus points just four times in their non-conference games this year. But that was to Illinois, Tennessee, so two great offenses there. Northern Colorado, a little bit of an outlier, and then Wichita State, but that game went into overtime. And in regulation, they weren't over 70 in that one. On the other side, Wright State. They played two games this season against tournament teams. They scored 48 and 52 points there. I don't see them getting to that 70-point mark, and if they can't get there, I don't see a way that they cover this spread. So we like Arizona in this one quite a bit. Love it there. A one seed versus 16 seed. I don't think in our lifetime we'll ever see a 16 seed beat a one seed. Yeah, I don't think that one's going to happen again. It made me so happy the year that UMBC ended up beating Virginia because I hate people that like Virginia sports. So it was so happy to see the disappointment in all the people's faces when I was in the bar. What a great upset. I don't think we're going to see it again. Something completely different than we expect to see in that Arizona Wright State game is Seton Hall versus TCU in a game we talked about for many hours. We could not find any variation between these two teams. Evenly matched on paper, this should be the closest game in the first round. And it's so hilarious to me because it was we were trying to find some type of trend, but it's where Seton Hall ranks higher than TCU in offense, maybe. TCU ranks higher in defense than Seton Hall does in defense. So you couldn't find a trend that really stuck for either team. It was, I mean, no matter what you looked at, it, their offensive rankings and defensive rankings, they're separated by two spots in the country and in both categories. I mean, they're just as close as you could possibly be. And then the big ones you know, for a second, I was like, Oh, okay, here we go. TCU. They turn the ball over a lot. That's, that's going to be good. Maybe that gives Seton Hall a slight edge. But TCU absolutely dominates in offensive rebounds, and Seton Hall is terrible rebounding the ball. So where they might give up some possessions, turn the ball over, they're going to gain those possessions probably right back on the offensive glass. So it's, this one was tough, man. It was so tough, and I think what ultimately led us to our pick here is, as you'll see a trend in our show, we're really down on the Big East. Down on the Big East. And another factor that I took into this one is that Seton Hall's got to travel all the way across the country out to San Diego. It's a long trip. TCU's got to travel out there too, but it's not nearly as far of a trip from Texas as it is from Seton Hall. So 
Maybe they're a little jet-lagged getting out there, giving a slight nod here to TCU in this one. And I think also TCU being in the Big 12, they've had to play against Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas, Baylor, these teams that rank in the top 20% in defense. You know, they've played some tough defenses to where more Seton Hall hasn't had to play against as tough defenses as TCU. And honestly, in a pick em like this, you got to pick the team that has maybe had a harder season, which we think is TCU. Weirdly enough, they both play Texas and they both play Texas probably exactly the same. <laughs> you know, I think Seton Hall may have won by three points and TCU played Texas twice because they're in the same conference. And I think one time they beat them by three points and lost by three points in another game. So it's just <sighs> such a tough game to pick here. But we're going TCU on the money line minus 110 here. Like we said, should be the closest game in the first round. And then we're moving on to one of my favorite matchups in the tournament as far as seeds go. A 5 versus a 12. This is where you find your Cinderella's. Upsets every single year. 12's always going to upset the 5. Somewhere it's going to happen. We actually have it happening right here in this one. you got Houston's minus 8.5 point favorite. We're taking UAB for our best bet in this one. It's going to be UAB plus 8.5. We like UAB to just win this one outright, too, though, at plus 300 on the money line. So before beating Memphis in their conference championship, Houston was 1-4 and four straight up against teams that are in the top 50 in Ken Palm. UAB is sitting at 46th right now. I talked about it last week in the conference tournament episode, too. Houston... They had this huge turnover from last year's team that made a deep run. They lost four starters, and then this year they lost their best player, Marcus Sasser, to injury for the year. Their metrics say that they're still a great team, but they were kind of down on the American, and then it just they didn't have to play a whole lot of competition. So despite losing all those people, they were still able to beat up on some competition, get a lot of wins. And then a guy on the other side, UAB, that I'm – I think he could be, you know, that small school guy that makes a big name for himself in this tournament. Jordan Jelly Walker. Duke can shoot. That name. <laughs> that name. Jordan Jelly Walker. Yep. I don't know where the jelly came from, but <laughs> it's legit. Duke can shoot lights out from three-point range. He's dropped 40 on a couple occasions this year. Dropped 30 plenty of times. He was the Conference USA Player of the Year. And I think he's just primed to be that next guy that makes a big name for him in the tournament by upsetting Houston here. And we like UAB here at plus eight and a half is the safe bet. UAB has lost one game this season by greater than eight points. And of course it was against our old dominion Monarchs right down here <laughs> in old Norfolk, Virginia. All five of Houston's losses have came against teams that shoot 46.4% or greater percent from the field, which is below UAB's average of 46.6% from the field so uab shoots very well from the field houston when the team shoots that well from the field they tend to struggle a little bit this is brewing for a little bit of a cinderella story here i am so excited to be on this team's money line tomorrow well it's a friday game i think that one's i think that one's a friday game it's friday game doesn't matter still love them Plus eight and a half is our safe pick. Plus 300 on the money line is our little bit of a gamble, but it's March, baby. Hey, Madness is coming. Jelly Walker time. 
And then we've got one of my early season. We talked about it. I said Illinois was my pick to win the national championship. I've came off that a little bit. They're playing at Chattanooga here, and they're an eight-point favorite. Yeah, so in this one, we are going a little different. We're going to be taking the over in this one. It's like over sitting at 135.5 in this one. Chattanooga is the 58th team in offensive efficiency this season, while Illinois is 23rd in the country in offensive efficiency. There's only been two times all season where Chattanooga didn't score at least 60 points. And then Illinois averaged 81.8 points per game against teams that are outside the top 75 in defense. Chattanooga's 95th in the country. So give me 81 plus 60. We're clearing that 135 mark by six points there. So I like this one to more than likely clear pretty easily because that's a low end of Chattanooga. I think they have a lot of size. I do think they will struggle quite a bit with Kofi Coburn. So I look for him to have a pretty big game, but I also don't think that Chattanooga is just going to, you know, wither away and not be able to put up points just because of that. I agree. We talked about early in the season, I was high on Illinois because of Kofi Coburn. That is a grown man down there in the post, and it's going to be hard for one of these mid-major teams to even compete with a man like that. Very excited for that game, and I'm very excited to see what Illinois does in this tournament, even though I've came off them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they, they slumped a little bit towards the end. They Just some weird losses that maybe they shouldn't have had, but... They're capable of it. They've shown it earlier in the year. They, I still think they're a great team. Could easily be a team that makes a run deep. We'll have to see what happens there. But like you said, I could see Coburn going for like 30 in this game. I agree. And, I mean, they've got Andre Cabello as well, who is a very good guard. It's going to be a very interesting team to watch. I won't be surprised if they end up making a deep run. Another interesting team to watch is the Colorado Colorado, Colorado, <laughs> Colorado State Rams. They've got David Roddy, the Mountain West player of the year, and we're taking them at plus 105 on the money line. Colorado State was undefeated and at non-conference play with wins against St. Mary's and Creighton, who both ended up making the tournament this year. Colorado State averages the 17th fewest amount of turnovers in men's college basketball. And Michigan is actually very terrible at forcing turnovers. They're actually 336 out of 358 teams in this metric, which if you can't force turnovers, you're not going to be able to gain a lead. And if you keep listening in this episode here, we are very high on the Mountain West. We think they're a little bit underrated coming into the conference here. You've got San Diego State, you've got Boise State, and San Diego State is one of the best defensive teams in the nation. They can lock down teams. I really like David Roddy. He's a huge physical body that can put up points either inside, outside. He's just almost impossible to guard, and I don't think Michigan's going to be able to do it. I don't think so either. That's actually one of the points that I heard some people making throughout the week is that they weren't sure that David Roddy – was going to be able to match up well with Michigan's bigs, but I don't think that's going to be the case. They Colorado State played Boise State a few times this season. Boise State's a team that has they've got size like these other 
power conference teams. And David Roddy handled it just fine. He scored 23 both times playing against them earlier this year. Another area where I think the Colorado State's going to be able to exploit Michigan is inside the arc. They have the 11th best two-point shooting percentage in the country, and Michigan struggles really badly with this. They're ranked 222nd. So I think you can probably expect Colorado State to get the ball inside, probably David Roddy, have a good game, and go ahead and cover this one for us. Feeling very excited. I was actually surprised about how close this line was. I was expecting Colorado State to be a little bit bigger of an underdog because Michigan's one of those teams you hear that's a little bit of a historic basketball team that you just want to, you know, be the big time favorite. But Colorado State coming in here is plus one and a half. Very excited to watch that game. That one is actually the first game tomorrow at twelve fifteen. Is it? It is. Oh, all right. It is the I'll take your word for it. First game of March Madness starting at twelve fifteen tomorrow. Well, it's, an, it's definitely an exciting one then. It's on CBS. First game is always going to be exciting. It's on CBS, people. CBS doesn't sponsor us yet, but maybe a little bit down the road they will be ready to sponsor us. And <sighs> now we're I wish on. this. I wish this game was at twelve fifteen tomorrow. It's hey, calling sick. <laughs> I wish I could. Yeah. <laughs> First game, time ever seeing, yes. seeing my college team in March Madness. A game that's near and dear to your heart here, Charlie, and that is number three, Tennessee, versus number 14 seed, Longwood. Tennessee is a 16.5-point favorite here. And we cannot I... bet Longwood. <laughs> Legally. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, man, when the brackets came out, this one was just like, this was a kick in the nuts, to be honest with you. Coming into it, I was really, really high on Tennessee. Starting to think, all right, I think I think Tennessee's a team that can make a deep run this tournament. They're awesome. And sure enough, my Longwood Lancers get paired up with them in the freaking first round of it. We were talking about, there's so many other teams I would rather than be playing. Purdue would be a great matchup. I'd take number two seed Auburn, please. Anybody but Tennessee. So, I couldn't necessarily pick Longwood to to lose by 17 points. So, we're going to go with the over 132 in this game. Longwood's only game this season against an offense inside of the top 100 in the country. They gave up 106 points. Not not good. They're not going to be able to stop Tennessee. They Their defense ranks 191st in the country, and they don't have any size in the middle. Tennessee is probably going to have their way with them on their side of the ball. But Longwood is the sixth-best three-point shooting team in the country. So I do think they'll be able to go on spurts. They're a really streaky team. They'll they'll have a run where they're just shooting lights out. They're locking you down on defense. And then all of a sudden they'll just give it all away, let a big run go against them. And so I don't really – I didn't feel comfortable going – one way or the other on the spread. It's a big spread at 16 and a half. But I do think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I agree. And I know we talked about it earlier in the day, and we kind of both came to this conclusion. I found some information. Seven out of 11 Tennessee's non-conference games went over this total. Longwood has only been held to under 66 points in 
six out of their 32 games this season. And like you said, they shoot 38% plus from three-point range. They're incredible from three-point range. I really wish that we were able to bet them here in Virginia. I wish we could just find a way to be able to bet them legally. Somehow, some way. If only there was some way out there. Somehow, some way, because you never want to be on the wrong side of a 14-3 upset, especially if it was your alma mater. That would be painful. But we can't, so we didn't. Yep, so hopefully that they've had like two weeks off now since their conference championship. Hopefully they've been working hard, ready to come out here, score a bunch of points, and get the win for us. Moving on. For me. From your Longwood Lancers to team, I don't even want to bring up. I don't even want to talk about, and I'm not going to even give any points on because when it gets this time of year for me as an Ohio State basketball fan, it just becomes a lot of disappointment, a lot of, you know, just a lot of hate in my heart for any player that's left the state of Ohio. We don't get a lot of top recruits anymore. Ohio State basketball is in shambles. I do and see you have your Ohio State shirt on over there. This is for football. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that's a football shirt, not it's a basketball. It's a football shirt, not a basketball shirt. My bad, my bad. And I think you convinced me. I knew it was coming after this first round. Ohio State basketball is going to continue to be in shambles. Tell us why, Charlie. Yeah, unfortunately, they cannot play defense. They rank 131st in the country. On the other side of the ball, that's exactly where Loyola Chicago excels. They rank 22nd in the country. When you see two teams with that huge of a discrepancy, they're, they're, this is actually the only game in all of March Madness that the team that is on the higher end of that, that's over 100-point favorite, on or 100 points better on defense, that that team's not the betting favorite in the game and in most of those games the spread gets up all the way to double digits so to be able to take Loyola Chicago here it's a this game's a pick them right now it's bounced around a little bit Loyola Chicago opened up as a slight favorite earlier today Ohio State was a slight favorite it's come back now it's pick them but I think Loyola Chicago is going to be able to get the job done in this one and i Quite frankly, I think they will probably be able to get this done by five, six points. And I agree. Just because we've bet Ohio State together during the season, incredibly inconsistent team. They have never shown a streak of even just two games back-to-back where it's like Ohio State might be a legit team. It's They beat a team they're not supposed to and then lose to a team they're not supposed to. Very disappointing team to watch, very frustrating. And... Frankly, I think Ohio State's head coaches his job's on the line if they don't win this game, and we might be getting a new coach after the end of this year. It'd be a bad look going out first round two years in a row in the tournament as and a favorite. Last year was we were even a higher seed, and we lost yeah, that, that one to was... Oral Roberts. If anybody can point to Oral Roberts on a map before last year, before last year. I still don't think I could do it this year. Exactly. Nobody can. Oklahoma, maybe. And that's why Ohio State's basketball program is in shambles. 
basketball program that isn't in shambles because they always seem to finish very high in the Big East, and they've actually won a national championship recently, is the Villanova Wildcats. They are a 15.5-point favorite going against Delaware. Over-under here is 133.5. Yeah, so Delaware isn't really – they haven't been a team that anybody's been looking at all season. They came into their conference tournament as the fifth seed, ended up going on a run winning it, but if you're the fifth seed and you're in that conference, it's pretty telling that you're not one of the better teams in the country. It's not like a fifth seed in like the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the Pac Twelve. It's it, what conference? It means that before winning this conference tournament, nobody thought you had any shot at making March Madness. That's it, what that means. Insane. And now you get to play the Villanova Wildcats. Yeah, unfortunately for them, that's who they're playing here. Villanova, they're getting a huge edge in both offensive and defensive metrics. And then on top of that, they have the coaching edge and player experience. This team's been in March Madness the past few years consistently. Like I said, they've won national championships. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think, is it Colin Gillespie? There's been multiple Gillespies there recently. Yeah, Colin Gillespie. Colin Gillespie, he got injured last year right before the tournament. I would imagine the guy's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's not really trying to come in here and get bounced round one by Delaware. So I think they're probably going to come in here and put a put a hurting on him and cover this one at minus 15 and a half for us. I would agree. Uh, out of all the Big East teams, I think I've been most impressed by Villanova. I think they've been very consistent throughout the season, them and UConn. And to get bounced, there's just not a way they're going to get bounced in the first round, especially to a team like Delaware, who, like we said, is just not a very likely team to make the tournament even. And now they're probably going to get stomped, and we expect them to get stomped. That wraps us up for the south side of our March Madness bracket here, and we are moving on now to the Midwest, where we are taking Kansas minus 21. I'm sorry. We're taking Kansas versus Texas Southern under 144.5. The line is minus 21.5. The line is minus 21.5. We are taking our best bet as under 144.5, and that is because Texas Southern ranks in the top 15% in points allowed per game. They have allowed less than 73 points in 77% of their games this season which is a little over half of 144.5, but I don't expect Kansas to make this a one- or two-point game. So No shot. This being a 16-1 and one seed, they're not going to lose either. <laughs> nope, don't see that one happening. So 73 points seems like a very conservative number, even for being at... A little over half of 144 and a half. Yes, I mean, Texas Southern, they, they rank 269th in the country offensively. It's pretty bad. There's 358 Division One college basketball teams that we came up with. 358, yes. So they're pretty far up there. They're not going to score a ton of points. They averaged 62 points in their non-conference games this season. I don't think Kansas is going to have an issue stopping them. 
on that side of the ball. And Texas Southern yeah, has struggled yeah. scoring. They have scored seventy-two less than seventy-two points in sixty-five percent of their games against teams ranked in the top one hundred fifty. They have averaged just a, under sixty-two points a game. So. They're not a very high-scoring team. They have great defense, though. Great for them. This yeah, is that's, a, that's a big thing for it in this game, too, is just because that's their only path to victory in this game or just path to not being totally embarrassed is to play really strong defense against Kansas, hopefully. So that's what they got to rely on. They know they're not going to win this game on the offensive side of it. And Kansas is actually what we talked about earlier with the Big 12. They have – a lot of good teams on defense. Kansas has played 15 teams ranked in the top 20% of points allowed per game. They average just about 70 to 72 points in those games against those teams ranked in the top 20%. That's including like Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Baylor. They played a game against North Texas who was – the best team defensively for points allowed in a game. That's random. Just a random team there. They played Dayton, who they scored 72 points against. So they played a lot of good teams on defense, so there's a lot of data here to show that this is going to go under, and I'm very confident in this bet. Even though this is a 16-versus-one seed, you expect you know maybe Kansas to be able to score 145 points by themselves. It's just not going to happen. Texas Southern (laughs) is a little bit better on defense than that. (laughs) So here we go with another 8-9 game that on first look, we both thought this was going to be a pretty close game, and I think we were both were originally on the opposite side of what we ended up here with. But we got San Diego State here. They're minus two against Creighton. Over-under in this game is 120.5. This is going to be a defensive slugfest in this one. And our pick is we're going with San Diego State to cover at minus two. When you look at them, they've so both of these teams are top 25 defenses in the country. And in San Diego State's games against top 25 defenses, they went 5-3. and three. Their only losses on the season were to Boise State. That was all three of their losses there. And in their wins, they won by an average of 7.4 points per game. On the other side, Creighton against top 25 defenses went 1-6, and and they lost by an average of 11.8 points per game. So I like getting that two points here. I think there's a lot of value in that one. I agree, and continue on to what you're saying there. We talked about this. We both came to kind of the same conclusion here. San Diego State allows just under 58 points per game. 58 points per game in games where Creighton has 50 point 58 points or less. They are two and seven San Diego state only has three games out of their 31 games this season where they've let up over 70 points and nine out of 11 of Creighton's losses have came when they scored less than 70 points. So the biggest push here is just the fact that San Diego State is just so dominant on defense, and Creighton just can't handle a team that is that good on defense. And I was the same way. We I came in here as a you know Big East lover. I loved watching Marquette. I loved watching Providence. I loved watching Villanova and UConn play all season. We both watched a lot of them this year. We had a lot of bets on those Big East teams, and I thought that. 
when you're watching them play each other, you're just like, wow, this is like, these are some impressive teams. But then when you look at them on the outside of their conference, they're, it just doesn't stand as much as when they're playing each other. So it's just, it was hard to come off of Creighton money line here. It was, I, it was, I think I got a little ahead of you on the research earlier in the week. And I, I asked you, I said, do you, do you think there's any chance that the big East isn't, actually as good as we're thinking that they are and i i thought you were crazy when you sent me that text <laughs> and then i started researching it like you just did and i also think this happens in college football too where there's a bias towards teams that play on the west coast because there's not as many times where say me and you we live on the east coast we live in this time zone you know where we don't get to watch those mountain west the pac-12 teams to see how good they actually are yeah you're really, you're looking at scores the next day because you're not staying up until one o'clock in the morning to watch their games and you're not yeah you're not getting the full picture of the game but and the it, big east comes on at six seven o'clock every single night and it's on us. fox and it's prime yeah. time and it's you know these they play it up real well you're not getting a lot of advertisements for you know mountain west games like we are big east games like it's always like villanova versus creighton tune in at 7 p.m on fox <laughs> and it's like you're not getting that for the mountain west and i think that's why the mountain west is so undervalued and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them in this tournament, especially we talked about David Roddy earlier, who I think is this huge physical presence who can also, you know, shoot from behind the arc. And it's just going to be such an exciting tournament. If this goes the way we are kind of seeing it, trying to get, I don't think anybody's on the mountain West right now. I don't think anybody's expecting the mountain West to do that. Well, no, I haven't heard a ton of people giving them a lot of love, but I think they're going to, I think they will surprise some people in this tournament. I agree. And I think also with the Big East, too, is they are in kind of those, you know, big-time Showtime cities, and they have some more historic teams. They have the Georgetowns and the Butlers and the Marquettes and all these big-time schools that are just, like, you know, flashy to where, I mean, not a lot of people are talking about Colorado State and San Diego State and you know, Boise State, like yeah, there's not a lot nowhere. of there's not a lot of flash in Idaho. No, <laughs> not exactly. But and then the other thing, I mean, who who would you say is your top two teams in the Big East? Villanova and obviously UConn. Okay, so agreed. I think those are easily the two best teams in it. But neither one of them won the conference this season. Exactly, it was Providence. Providence was the number one team in that conference in the regular season. I. <laughs> I feel like that goes to show you a little bit that the whole conference is kind of up and down. And I feel like if you have a really dominant conference, a lot of times you're like one dominant team or maybe, I mean, maybe two, one of them is going to win it, but Providence won it. They were third in betting favorites to win their conference tournament. And they didn't, they got bounced pretty quickly. And I think, also, just looking into more of these other other conferences too, like because in my head I thought Big East was a very dominant conference, but then you go and you look at the, you know, the SEC and the Big Twelve, and you're looking at their out of conference games, and they, those are actual dominant conferences, and I mean, and then I started digging into the Mountain West a little bit here, and I'm like, wow, 
they're kind of a dominant conference too. They had some really great wins out of conference that I just didn't see in the Big East. And so that's why it's so important to get this research, especially yeah, the, this time of year. Yeah. The non conference, looking at those non conference games was huge for me, especially like huge for me coming around for the Mountain West for sure. Because it's hard when you just look at they're playing their own conference, everybody knows each other, teams might split, and then you really don't have a firm grasp on what what to think of them but yeah it's those out of conference games and all of a sudden you're oh hey they they beat this tournament team and they beat that tournament team and they're ranked higher than them in the standings and they're a higher seed in the tournament but they beat them like something isn't adding up here this this team might be a little better than what i'm kind of thinking and it's no fluke that san diego state's a two-point favorite here going into this game it's no fluke at all because they are so solid on defense and like we said Creighton struggles a lot when they aren't able to just score at will so they also lost um was that their point guard the best friend yeah their freshman point guard there it's a hard thing to overcome this late in the season exactly and I think that is gonna hurt him here I'm very excited to watch this game I will be tuning in and watching very closely to see if our predictions on the Mountain West are accurate <laughs> here another con you got anything else on them no 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 I think we've probably spent more than enough time on that game now. yeah I just I think we needed to touch a little bit on why we're so high on the Mountain West. Oh, a yeah. Little bit. You were fading the Big East a little bit. A conference here that it's kind of hit or miss, in my personal opinion, and that is the Big Ten. And we've got Iowa minus 10.5 here versus Richmond. The over-under in this game is set at 150. We're taking Iowa minus 10.5 as our best bet here, Charlie. Yep. So Iowa's coming in riding a real hot streak went ahead and won the big 10 tournament i wish i was one of those people that took them to win that before that started because probably got some pretty good odds there i would imagine and then on the other side you have richmond that went on a pretty awesome run too and they won their conference tournament that was their only path into march madness they had to win that so unfortunately for richmond i think maybe if had they gotten a team that was slumping coming into March Madness and maybe we'd feel a little bit more confident that maybe they could do some damage, but they're getting probably the hottest team in the country. So we like Iowa here. They went 11 and two this year. First teams that are ranked between 80th and 140 in Ken Palm Richmond's at 83. They won those games by an average of 18 points. They're just coming in so hot. I, I find it pretty hard to bet against them no matter what that spread was. As long as I didn't get up over 20, I think they'd probably be a favorite in my book. They've got Keegan Murray on their team, potentially the Naismith player of the year, potentially a number one overall draft pick. That dude's a stud. Love Iowa here, especially because Richmond really kind of shocked everybody by winning the A-10. I think a lot of people either had Davidson or Dayton. Dayton really turned it on there at the end of the season. They were my pick to win the A-10. And, I mean, they were so young. Richmond stole a seed from Dayton. Stole a, yeah. I, yeah. I would say if – That was, con I mean, confirmed that they did. Because they, they'll tell you Dayton was the first team out. And going into Sunday – Dayton had a spot in that tournament, and Richmond just pulled the rug out from them. 
So a super unlikely team to win the A10 there. Now I it, this is you wanted Iowa. You know you wish you had money on Iowa to win the Big Ten. I wish I had money on Richmond to. Or I'm sorry, you wish you had money on Iowa to win the Big Ten. I wish I had money on Richmond, Richmond. to win the A10. Yeah, I wish so too. Oh, but we couldn't be, do that in Virginia. Oh, that's right. <laughs> It's probably why I didn't put money on it. Yeah, otherwise we'll just, that would have been my pick too. We'll just say it. I didn't put I money on it because that would have been. I saw that one coming. Yeah, me too. So Richmond is five and ten when they allow seventy points or more in a game. I was a super hot team, like you said, and they are one of the best scoring teams in the nation, averaging eighty three point eight points per game, and they have scored over seventy points in thirty two out of thirty five games. <laughs> Already looking bad for Richmond if you just look at that. Iowa finished their last 10 games 9-1 with six of those wins against teams that are actually in the tournament. Their average margin of victory in those nine games was 15 points. So they they are on an unreal heater right now. The teams they played and beat, insane. The fact that they had an average margin of victory of 15 points, even more insane. Those teams aren't Richmond, and Iowa is going to blow them out yeah every every metric seems to point pretty heavily towards iowa on that one very exciting matchup coming here one of the games i'm most excited for in this tournament and we have some more upsets coming a little bit later but this is one you personally love and you've been talking to me for, for weeks. weeks about how you think this is going to be. Told you, South Dakota State, man, they're going to win their first-round matchup. That's why, what I'd been telling you. And when it came out that they were playing Providence, I loved it even more. The only thing I didn't love about it was how terrible of odds you were getting on their money line. So Providence is a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Our... We're taking South Dakota State to win this game, but our best bet in this game is actually going to be over 147.5. Providence ranks 31st in offensive efficiency in the country, and South Dakota State ranks 12th. And then on the defensive side, Providence ranks 79th, and South Dakota State ranks 220th. So two teams that are very good offensively, and Providence is kind of in the middle of the pack, defensively and South Dakota state is pretty terrible defensively. So those numbers alone show you probably a good chance for a lot of scoring in this one. Another metric that I think shows that there could be a lot of scoring is that both teams rank higher than the 300th in turnover percentage. So they're like literally some of the worst teams in the country at turn the ball over, get a turnover, quick, fast break points, taking no time off the clock. South Dakota State averaged 86.7 points per game on the season. That's The only team that that's behind is Gonzaga. And then they it's not like they were just hitting that mark against their conference opponents because they were terrible teams. They were hitting this mark pretty consistently in their non-conference slate earlier in the year. Played a few decent teams, and they actually played Alabama too. Um, they scored in the 80s in that game. And that game, actually, I think the total was 192, I think is what I told you. The total of that game yep. was. It was an it was like close to an NBA score. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's any indication that, that – so, I mean, that's the team that's closest in comparison to 
Providence in this one. So I don't think South Dakota State is going to be able to stop Providence on the defensive end. So I think Providence is going to be scoring. But we also don't think that Providence is going to be able to stop South Dakota State because they're the highest – they had the highest shooting percentage in the entire country. And I think this just kind of backs up what we were talking about earlier with the Big East. The fact that Providence is a four seed here. San Diego, I'm sorry, South Dakota State is a 13 seed, and Providence is only a two and a half point favorite. Just speaks to what we're saying about the Big East. Even Vegas, obviously, there's metrics that back it up because Vegas isn't just going to put a two and a half point spread on, you know, just any team. They think that South Dakota State deserves a little respect here. I mean, a lot of respect. Yeah. I mean, a four versus 13 is, that's a, I think that's happened. 14 versus 13. Or 14 versus, 13 versus four. 13 versus four. Sorry, did I say that wrong? (laughs) We both said it wrong. Butchering it. All right. (laughs) This is what, this is what a Snickers and a Red Bull and some champagne gets you. And 3.30 in the morning. 3.30 in the morning. We're trying to get these bets out to people, man. (laughs) Yeah. So 13 and four. That's typically somewhere where you're looking at like probably closing in on maybe a double digit spread and a plus like six fifty, yes, plus yeah. six hundred money line. No, you're getting it's almost a the money line is like plus one oh five or something like that. It's plus one ten. I, I just looked. It was plus, actually it has jumped up now to plus one twenty. Oh wow! Yeah, wow, we're really giving us Still, a lot of great great money there. It's funny though because you're we talked about it earlier you're still on them even with this lack of almost incentive to bet an underdog here because you have that much trust in their ability to win this game. I Yeah, I mean, I haven't been impressed with what I've seen from Providence lately. I've watched them a lot because I've bet them quite a bit this season. And at the end of the season, they they weren't blowing anybody out. They weren't winning by big margins. They almost lost to Butler in the first round of their conference tournament. That was a Butler team that nobody expected to get past Xavier the round before, and then they came out and got blown out by Creighton in the second round of it. I I think they probably got pretty lucky winning the regular season title in their conference, and I think they're going to get exposed here by South Dakota State. I think South, South Dakota State is going to come out, shoot lights out, and I think they're going to come away with the victory here. A lot of times, if you were on a show predicting a fourteen seed, to, or I'm sorry, a thirteen seed to beat a four seed, you would be insane if you had this much confidence. But it'd be considered a huge long shot. It'd be considered a huge long shot. But we're looking at a plus one twenty money line here. I hate that you know data has gotten so well tuned that we're looking at a thirteen seed a plus one twenty on the money line, but it is what it is. That's part of gaining technology you get a little worse odds for some crazy upsets so one one way that you could boost your odds if you're looking you know south dakota state to win this game you could parlay south dakota state money line along with the over in this game boost it up a little bit because i do think that this game could end up being i mean 170 points scored in this game just like you said our best bet is over 147 and a half, but we love Sandy or South Dakota State to win this game. Another team we love here. 
little bit inconsistent in the season. High I don't and know low. about love. This game makes me sick. High and low. A little, little bit inconsistent on the season. LSU minus four against Iowa State. The over-under in this game is 127.5. This is another one like that Creighton-San uh, Diego State game where I, I came in thinking I was going to love one side, ended up having to flip it around. Came in like an Iowa State. They've got some good wins on their season. All I kept hearing all week was that Iowa State was um, underseeded pretty dramatically, and LSU had to fire Will Wade like right before the last game of their regular season because he was paying his players. So they have no head coach all of a sudden. But then you start looking at all the metrics, and it just favors LSU way too much. And then on the other side, and also the public probably had the same thoughts I was having, and the public's bet this down because this line opened up a little bit higher, but it's down to minus four now. So, And you're saying the public was what you initially thought, yes. that LSU couldn't win this game. Yeah, I think everybody was saying, all right, yeah, LSU, no coach, let's throw our money on Iowa State. They're going to easily get the win here, and I can get them as an underdog. Awesome. But LSU ranks a little bit better offensively than Iowa State does. They're both really good defensive teams. But Iowa State has struggled incredibly badly against strong defenses. On the season, they have scored 41 points against Texas Tech, 36 points against Oklahoma State, 41 points against Texas, and 44 points against TCU. And LSU has only three games all season that they didn't score at least 60 points. So... If LSU's defense holds true and they score at least 60, I think this could be a little bit more lopsided than even just a four-point game. And like we said, another one of our close games there. Really hard to pick. A game that I don't feel so is so close in my head is a game I personally love a lot, and that's Wisconsin minus 7.5 versus Colgate. And the over-under in this game is 139.5. Wisconsin is 9-1 and one in out-of-conference games with wins against Marquette, Houston, and St. Mary's, who are all teams that made the tournament. Very impressive, very impressive. Even though we're down on you know the Big East, I still think the win against Houston and St. Mary's is impressive. Colgate has two quad one games this season, which were both losses, and they were Losses by an average margin of nine points. Wisconsin has the least, the second least amount of turnovers per game in men's college basketball. And something I felt that's really, you can't gauge in any type of statistic or anything is this game is going to be an hour away from their home stadium. This is a game is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I mean, I don't know if there's some type of statistics out there that says when the game is exactly one hour away from the home stadium. Oh, it seems it's out there. I'd, you you do want to target games where teams are essentially going to be playing a home game. It it's a big deal. It's I mean, home court is actually a pretty big deal in college basketball, and and you know fans are going to travel for a March Madness game. If you're close to your home. I mean, it, it's a big deal, and you'll, there's a couple more later on in this episode that are, we're going to touch on that too. And this is why we love them here. You know, 
Colgate last season was a big disappointment to us. They yeah, we're not Arkansas. falling in that trap again. We, you know, I came over to Charlie's house to pick him up to go to uh, a bar down the road. And when we, I picked him up, Colgate was up 10 points. When we got to the bar, the game was tied. And about 20 minutes at being at the bar, Colgate ended up losing by what? 17, 17 points. points. Such a disappointment last season. So I got a little, you know, little hate in my heart towards Colgate <laughs> for that. But I also am a big fan of Wisconsin. I think they're going to cover this spread pretty easily. Yeah, I think so too. I just didn't see enough from Colgate all season as far with the competition that they played to show me that they can beat a team of Wisconsin's caliber. They've got Johnny Davis on their team, another guy in the running for National Player of the Year. Some people are concerned that he's a little bit banged up, but he played in their Big Ten Conference tournament game after injuring himself. He didn't have to. If they were really, really concerned about that injury, they could have sat him down. They had their place all locked up. There was no need for it, and now they've had a week off since then. I think he's going to be coming out just fine. And Colgate only played one game against a conference, or excuse me, against a tournament team this season, and it was a ten-point loss to Vermont. So. While we like Vermont a lot as well, Wisconsin's also at a different level than Vermont. Yep, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Moving on here, our next bet, we've got seven seed USC at minus one and a half versus number 10 Miami. Over under in this game is 140 and a half. A team I feel like I'm a little bit hotter on than you is USC. USC went undefeated in non-conference play four out of their seven losses in a season came from number one seed in the tournament, Arizona and number four seed UCLA, both very solid teams and USC ranked in the top 3% in total rebounds per game. While Miami struggled in this category quite a bit, they ranked in the bottom 6% in this category of total rebounds in a game. So, USC is going to get all the chances in the world to get extra rebounds, get extra chances to get more points here. I think their length is really what's going to cause Miami to struggle and see them covering pretty easy here. And stay tuned because <laughs> they're my deep sleeper. I love targeting a team that's got a very clear edge in something like turnovers or rebounds and exactly what you get here. They also have a pretty big edge in their defensive efficiency, which is another big area to look at Andy Enfield their head coach he's got a really good resume in March especially covering spreads it's a team that went to the elite eight last year so they have some experience on their team and Miami just I mean the whole ACC in general was down this season you didn't get a lot of impressive teams coming out of the ACC and Miami's only impressive win of the entire season was against Duke but they also had some bad losses against Virginia twice Florida State twice. They lost to Dayton, and they lost to Notre Dame, and they lost to UCF. Notre Dame, the only tournament team there, and a lot of people argued that Notre Dame really shouldn't even have been a tournament team. They did just win tonight, though, so <laughs> guess I got to give them a little bit of credit. A very disappointing win, especially when you've got money on Rutgers. Yeah, would have been a nice little boost before yeah. things get started tomorrow. Would have been free money before the tournament. <laughs> that was an insane game, of course – 
The Irish win on St. Patrick's Day to start out March Madness. You can't write a better story than that. Yeah, had the lucky charm up where the sun don't shine. A team we hope has a little bit of a lucky charm tomorrow is Jacksonville State, and we're taking them at plus 15.5 against number two seed Auburn. The over-under in this game is 139.5. And, you know, I talked about it a little bit. I think if I if you pointed a gun to my head and you said take one two seed to lose in the first round, I'm easily taking, hammering Auburn. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. I'm easily hammering Auburn to lose in the first round. If you point a gun to my head, do I think this is actually going to happen? Probably not. But if I had to choose, I'm picking Jacksonville State to win this game against Auburn. Probably not going to. Luckily, we're getting 15.5 points to play with. Exactly. Luckily, we're getting 15.5 points to play with, and that's really what led us to picking Jacksonville State here. Jacksonville State has no losses over 16.5 points this season. Um, They've finished top 10 in NCAA in three-point percentage. A lot of teams we like here shoot very well from the three-point, which I think matters when you're coming in as a super underdog. It's a huge part of it. Yeah, you see that every single year where a team can shoot it from three, and that's how they keep in the game. Exactly. And another point here, Auburn was super hot at the beginning of the season, one of the best teams, and then it started to cool down a little bit. They got in some conference play there against that very tough SEC. Like we said, if you can – play against sec you can play against anybody right they are a super young team as well so there's going to be potential for a inconsistent play a little bit of nerves coming out in that first round the ncaa tournament you don't want to be the team that gets upset and you see in compilation videos on youtube for you know 40 <laughs> years down the road of you getting beat by you know jacksonville state so there's going to be some nerves some bad play here and Jacksonville State plus 15 and a half seems like a very safe bet. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I can't remember a number two seed that's come into the tournament more shaky than Auburn is at, right now. And where they particularly have been struggling is on the road. And they're not going to be at home for this one. So these are two teams that are like really exact polar opposites as far as covering the spread on the road jacksonville state is one of the top teams in the country they went 10 and 4 against the spread in road games that's at 71.4 percent clip auburn went 4 and 7 ats in road games all the way down at 36.4 percent so absolutely give me jacksonville to cover this one very very safe bet here it feels like and we're moving on to the east another region down to the east and we are taking Baylor minus 20 and a half against our hometown Norfolk State Spartans. The over-under in this game is 137 and a half. So Baylor, they play in the Big 12, but they played well in the Big 12. They also played very well on non-conference games. They were 12 and 1 in non-conference games with an average margin of victory of Hold on to your seats, people. 26.9 points. And Bay- I'll even one-up you on that one because Norfolk State's ranked well over 100 in the country. 
They played seven non-conference games against teams ranked 100 plus. They won those games by an average of 36.7 points per game. Norfolk State did? No, 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 no. Baylor. Baylor played seven teams that ranked 100 plus in the country. Yeah. And that's exactly where Norfolk State is. They're well over 100 in the rankings. And they beat those teams by an average of 36.7 points per game. Holy crap. All right. Well, another... <laughs> yeah, it's not looking good for the Spartans. Yeah, in case you needed a little more, we got got a little more even to pile on. Not going to hang down, hang out down by uh, Downsout Norfolk during this game because it's going to be a bloodbath. Baylor is 9-4 and four against conference... Uh, or, I'm sorry, against tournament teams this season. So they've played a lot of teams that are in the tournament. They've dominated them. I think it's an easy win here, and I think 20.5 points is a very low spread here. Yeah, and then Norfolk State played one team that was relatively highly ranked this year, and that was Xavier, their 60th team in the country. Still don't even make the tournament, and they lost to them by 40 points. <laughs> this, could, was... this one could get ugly, honestly. It could get very ugly. Moving on here to a very close game. Very hard to find any information on or really any type of pick at all but we ended up going with north carolina minus three and a half versus marquette the over under in this game is 152 and a half and you like him here because why i like north carolina here and i think it's because they're getting hot at the right time they finished a season going eight and two had wins in that stretch over virginia tech and duke both tournament teams their average average margin of victory in those eight games was 11 points per game. On the other side, Marquette finished the season going four and six with some bad losses to DePaul by 11 and Butler by six. And then, as we were talking about before with rebounding, this is another team that you're going to find a big rebounding advantage. UNC is one of the best rebounding teams in the country, and Marquette's one of the worst. So I think you UNC is going to be able to get some extra possessions there. They also have the best player in this game. It's Armando Baycott. Um, he, he's like a he's a double double machine. I think he'll he's been finishing the season strong. I expect him to carry that over here. I like North Carolina to get the win by at least four for us here. I'm a fan of North Carolina too because they just ruined Coach K's last game at home, and that makes me love them a little bit more. You know, send your your biggest rival out on the worst note possible, a blowout loss on their home court. Yeah, good. I didn't see that one coming. This team, this team's also been playing for their life for quite a while now because it wasn't that long ago when they got absolutely blown out by Duke at home. I remember hearing that North Carolina might not make the tournament this year unless they somehow get on a run here and win some games that we don't expect them to win, and that is exactly what they did. They've... They've had to win for quite a while now. Sure enough, they win, and they are in the tournament, and we like them here against, again, another biggest team that we're not very hot on. Moving on here, just the other night we watched Indiana pull off the win against Wyoming. Mountain West team, St. Mary's, Indiana, Indiana's a three-point underdog. We're taking them at plus three here, and the over/under is one twenty-six and a half. I couldn't find a whole lot on this, but 
you seem to find a little bit more than me. Found a little bit here. They're they're both good defensive teams. It'll be another defensive game here. That's why it's or the over under so low. But I do think that Indiana has a little bit of an edge. They've had one non-conference loss all season. It was to Syracuse, and that was a two-overtime game. But St. Mary's has three non-conference losses and only one win in the non-conference slate. Um, against That's against tournament teams. So they, they lost to Wisconsin, they lost to Colorado State, and they lost to San Diego State. The only team that they were able to beat was Notre Dame. And then Indiana's just been They've been playing hot lately. They've got um, Trace Jackson Davis coming off an, a great game against Wyoming last night. He led the led the game in scoring, and then it's been nine times now since 2011 since that since one of these teams that played in the play-in games has won at least one game in the tournament. So Indiana's our team here that we're picking to make that happen again this year, and and. And we were you were saying it earlier. We don't know if St. Mary's would be regarded quite as highly if it weren't for Gonzaga being in their conference. Exactly. We talked about San Francisco. We talked about St. Mary's, both being teams that we don't ne- we don't necessarily like, but because they are in the same conference as Gonzaga, they are probably you know graded a little bit higher because it's like oh you know they're in the same conference as the best team, so they've got to be a little bit better. And, don't get me wrong, St. Mary's beat Gonzaga, but I don't. I don't. They beat really... Gonzaga. Yeah, they beat Gonzaga once and got smoked by them twice, and and their other opportunities against tournament teams, they lost to Wisconsin, and then lost to two uh, Mountain West teams, two Mountain West teams that are ranked higher or seated higher in this tournament than St. Mary's is at five. I don't I don't get it. No love for the Mountain West and I think they're getting some love because of Gonzaga. I 100% agree with that. Keeping the ball rolling here our next game we've got 4 seed UCLA who's a 14 point favorite against 13 seed Akron. Our best bet here is over 128 and We're picking UCLA to win this game still, however, 69.69% of Akron's games have went over this total, while 78% of UCLA's games have went over this total. Five out of seven UC five out of UCLA's seven non-conference games have went over this total as well. I think this is going to be a recipe for a very high-scoring game, especially because the total is pretty low. 128 and a half is one of the lower totals I've seen for this tournament. It's kind of actually at average. There's not a very good chance that Akron beats UCLA in this game. Probably really not at all. I'm not a big fan of Akron to upset UCLA (laughs) here. So we're picking UCLA to win and we're picking over 128 and a half. And it's pretty much it. There's not a lot more to that. No, but I, Originally, what I was looking at in this game was Akron to cover at plus 14. And so they do have a pretty big tendency to keep games close. So I don't think they're going to go and get blown out and have a game where it's like, oh, man, Akron put up 45 points and they weren't able to hold up there under the margin and the scoring. 
So obviously I think UCLA is going to be able to score on a team like Akron, but I do think Akron's going to be able to keep a keep it relatively close enough to where not getting blown out and be able to push us up over that number. Cuz like you said it's really not that that's not that high of a number here in this one. Nope, not at all. And then we're moving on here. A Virginia team we we finally like. A Virginia team we like. We we can't bet on them. We'd have no way to bet on them. So don't ask us <laughs> how much money we put on Virginia Tech because we don't know. And we didn't put any money on them. Moving on, though, we've got 6 seed Texas at minus one versus number 11 seed Virginia Tech, who is minus 105 on the money line. And that is our best bet. Virginia Tech money line at minus 105. Over under in this game, 123 and a half. This is one of those tales of two teams headed in complete different directions. Texas lost five of their final eight games. And then on the other side, Virginia Tech won 13 of their final 15 games. And that was with four wins against tournament teams. Another team, they've been playing for their life for a while now. They There was no way they were making this tournament if they didn't win their conference championship. And that's exactly what they went out and did. And Texas got they got bounced round one. Yeah, TCU. You had them beating TCU or TCU beating them round Plus one. Plus two hundred money line, baby. <laughs> yeah, they're just. I mean, I don't think we've been terribly terribly impressed with Texas. They're not a great offensive team. They are a good defensive team, but Virginia Tech has, you know, they've they've got good metrics offensively and defensively as well, and. I can't say from a coaching standpoint how much I know about this, but apparently Virginia Tech is a very difficult team to plan for because of the scheme that they run. And I think this is a nightmare matchup for Texas because Texas is three and six when they play a team that scores three, I'm sorry, scores seven threes or more. Virginia has Virginia Tech has done that in 86% of their games this season. And Virginia Tech is 12 and two since the start of February and is writing a very unlikely ACC championship. I don't think there's not a lot of people here that could show me a ticket where they picked Virginia Tech to win the ACC tournament. No, I did ask you the night before the championship game if you wanted to ride Virginia Tech money line with me. You said no. I, I said no, but <laughs> it's not too late, people. I'm going to join on that Virginia Tech train right now. We haven't beaten... Texas here, minus 105 money line. Yeah, go ahead and ride that momentum with them. And coming up with a little team that we we differ a little bit on their long-term prospects, but we've got number three, Purdue, taking on number 14, Yale. The line set at minus 15.5, and, and the over-under is 143. We're taking Purdue minus 15.5 in this one. These are just two teams at entirely different calibers. Very different calibers. Really have never liked any Ivy League schools, you know. I think you can only Bunch either of nerds. be nerds. Yeah, exactly. You can only either be smart or athletic and you know, obviously they're very smart. I don't think you get the best of both worlds in this situation. They're gonna be CEOs of some company or, you know, astrophysicists or whatever, but they're not going to cover against the big team team, right? Yeah, no. Purdue might suck on defense, but they're great offensively and Yale played four tournament teams all season long. They lost those games by an average of 23.25 points per game. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose this one by more than that. It's so funny. We didn't – we got 
we did our notes separately, but we came to that exact same conclusion. I was like, it was almost like I was, you were saying that and it was like, you were reading off my notes, but that's not the case. So like you said, Purdue has one of the top scoring offenses in college basketball. And I personally think that this number is inflate that their defense is not so stellar. And I think that that number is inflated because of the conference they play in. We talked about it. <laughs> you can get in an argument about it all night and see, say, uh, well, who cares if the big 10 has, you know, like five teams that are in the top 20% and scoring offense, but we'll get into that at a different time here. Purdue is going to easily dominate Yale here. <laughs> Minus 15 and a half. And the next one's got to be the, the most exciting game of the entire first round, right? Oh, I'm excited for it. I'm I'm really unhappy that they're playing against each other, actually, but it should be a crazy game. You got number seven, Murray State, going up against number 10, San Francisco. A couple mid-major teams going up against it. You don't really see that too often in the first round, but Murray State's a minus two favorite here, over-under set at 136.5, and we are going with Murray State, minus two. And like we talked about, what is it, three picks ago, San Francisco is another team that is riding on the coattails of a very good Gonzaga team, just like St. Mary's is. But a team that doesn't have the ability to ride on the coattails of other teams is Murray State. We've watched them all season. We've bet them all season. They've been incredibly consistent. They dominated their conference. They had some very tough non-conference games that were in quad one. Um, And, but they still ended up going two and one in non-conference games, which is a very small, you know, data point there. But they're on a twenty-win streak right now, won twenty straight. You which gotta is, be good to do that. Exactly, it's not a fluke. You know, I watched them. You know, play against Belmont. They dominated them both times that season. Both times this past. Um, couple weeks they dominated Moorhead State, which is the second place team in their conference. They are a very consistently good team. They know how to play, and again, we're low on San Francisco here. If Moorhead, I'm sorry, Murray State was going to have to play anybody but Kentucky in the second round, I would probably advance them to the Sweet Sixteen or even you know, possibly the lead eight, but they've got to hate the draw that they got in this bracket. Unfortunately for them, but it could save us. Who knows? Murray state could be unlegit. And I don't think it's the case. I don't Uh, think it's the case. either. I do think they're going to beat San Francisco here. San Francisco hasn't beaten a tournament team since November. They beat Davidson and UAB back then. And then they went ahead and lost to Gonzaga three times this season, lost to St. Mary's twice and lost to Loyola Chicago. I don't see them getting their first victory since November here. Exactly. And I wish we could have had Murray state be on, you know, Auburn side. And then it would be, you know, just, Oh, this is my sleeper. How perfect would that have been? Oh, it, it just can never happen like that. But like we said, Murray state has to run into the immovable object of Kentucky and we are taking Kentucky here minus 17 and a half versus number 15 seed St. Peter's over under in this game. The Peacocks. 
over under in this game is 131 and a half. Yeah, this game, man, it could get ugly. Very ugly. The fact that it's 17 and a half points, we just... I would uh, take an alternate spread on this one up to probably like minus 25. Yeah, we're going to look like real idiots if Kentucky (laughs) loses this game. St. Peter's wins again. (laughs) Yeah, but there's just no way. I've watched way too much Kentucky basketball this season to see them even keeping it within this 17 point spread that you know Vegas is spread. Yeah, St. Peter they they ranked 259th offensively in Ken Palm. That's really really bad. They played two big East teams this season. That's the closest thing you get to them playing against a Kentucky. They allowed 91 points and 85 points in those two games. And then Kentucky played against nine Played nine games first non-power conference teams and allowed an average of just 57.3 points per game. I could see Kentucky scoring probably, you know, 85, 90 points in this game. And I don't really see a way that St. Peter's breaks. I think they're going to struggle to break 60 in this game. Uh, I'm 100% on board with that. So... It's weird because the statistics he gave are almost exactly what I had found as well. So there's not even a point in touching on my statistics because they're exactly the same. Kentucky minus 17 and a half. And we are done with that side of the bracket. The only thing I was going to say about that one is that they do have Oscar Shibway rebounding machine. And he's a big dude, just like uh, Kofi Coburn is. And St. Peter's doesn't have a big that size. They're Chibwe's gonna outweigh St. Peter's bigs by like fifty pounds. He's gonna be able to push him around and he may end up with like twenty five rebounds instead of his average of seventeen. What's the record for most rebounds in the CAA tournament? You'd have to tell me. Well, we're about to find out. We're about to witness it. <laughs> Oscar Shibway is gonna dominate and we are on to the West with the number one overall seed, Gonzaga. Who's a 23-and-a-half-point favorite against Georgia State. Over-under in this game is 148-and-a-half. And another bloodbath coming. I'm sorry if you're a Georgia State fan, but this is going to be super ugly. Gonzaga, one of those teams is at the top of literally every statistic you can even think of. I probably looked at everything from you know three points made to field goal percentage to scoring to defensive you know points allowed turnovers steals blocks Gonzaga is near the top at literally every one of these statistics it's pretty hard to find anything to knock Gonzaga on and they carry, you know, the other teams in their conferences to the tournament. So I don't know if that there's a metric for that either, but they're a dominant team. Georgia State was in the bottom 5% in opponent three-point percentage. The worst team Gonzaga played this season in this category was Alcorn State, who ranked 118 spots ahead of Georgia State. And Gonzaga beat them by 27 points. So, Georgia State, sorry, you're 
about to have probably the most threes ever in an NCAA tournament game <laughs> against you because Gonzaga, like I said, is at the top of this category. I mean, they, Gonzaga rolls out of bed and beats anybody by 24 pretty much. And they played seven games this year against teams that ranked between 50th and 200th in Ken Palm. They averaged, they won by an average of 30 points in those games, and they only had one game that they didn't win by at least 26 points. Georgia State, they played three games against the top 135 team in the country. Gonzaga's the number one team in the country, but they lost those games by an average of 26.6 points per game. All these numbers are just pointing to this one getting really ugly on them. And Gonzaga set a precedent for it before. They've been a number two, or excuse me, they've been a number one seed in the last two tournaments. And in the first round, they won by 43 and 38. Very one sided game here. Yeah. Not so very one sided game. This is another one I'm looking forward to. This would be a, this one's going to be a true test of our theory on the Mountain West, I think. And it's exciting, you know. Because I think the committee hit these eight and nine seeds like almost perfectly. Like you, I don't think you can match them statistically better than the committee did. And I was on Memphis at the beginning of my research. Same. We both were. You jumped to Boise, and then I just conceded and said, "You know what, Charlie? I trust your gut here." Because when I saw how much Memphis turns the ball over against a team that's so stout on defense as Boise State. That was my biggest concern, and you convinced me here. Tell us what you got here. Yeah, so we're going to be taking Boise State plus three in this one. Like you just said, they have a, they're going to have a pretty big edge in their turnover margin where Memphis is the worst in the entire country at turning the ball over. <laughs> Um, <laughs> which, which is, is insane for a team that's in you know it's not a mid-major no i know that was kind of unbelievable to see that but sure enough they are um and then boise state also has a big edge in offensive rebounding which is i mean those i look for one of those categories to find a big edge for a team but to find both of them that was what made me make this switch boise state's a good defensive team they're 17th in the country um you know it's really the, it's those extra possessions I think they're going to get from Memphis turning the ball over and then getting some offensive rebounds. Give me a team that's getting extra chances and give me three points to work with. I'm going to be taking that all day. This game's also being played out in Portland, so Boise State gets a nice short trip out to this game. Memphis gets to fly across the country. Very, very nice. Another game here we're moving on to. It's one of those games I talked about earlier. You know, this is where you find your Cinderella's. This isn't where we're finding our Cinderella's here. I think UConn wins this game against New Mexico State. UConn coming in as a six and a half point favorite against New Mexico State. Uh, the over under here is one thirty two, and we are taking the over as our best bet. In games where UConn's opponents have had seven threes or more, the total has gone over one hundred thirty two in eight out of those eleven games. And New Mexico State happens to average 7.5 three-pointers per game. Three pointers per game. New Mexico State's front court is incredibly versatile here. They're very tall. They can, you know, they kind of remind me of a player we talked about earlier, David Roddy. 
They can post up, but they can also shoot threes. UConn is incredibly good on defense, but they struggle against teams that are able to shoot the three-pointer. I think New Mexico State is going to expose them here in that aspect, but I think UConn still pulls it off because overall they're just a better team than New Mexico State. So We're not totally fading the Big East. We're... Not totally, but we talked about the two teams we liked yeah, in the Big East for exactly. UConn <laughs> and Villanova, and that's the the only two teams we picked in the Big East. Yeah, and I'd I'll stand by I'll, it. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to stand behind that one and feel confident in it. And Next. Then we're moving on so. to a team we thought we were going to be super hot on, and then we saw their tournament draw and realized we're super cold on them. Yeah, this is another unfortunate one that we were hoping they would get a little bit of a better matchup round one. But you got number four, Arkansas, taking on number 13, Vermont. Arkansas is a five-point favorite in this one, over-unders 139. And we're going to be taking Arkansas minus five. We both we both bet Vermont a ton this season. They made you, us a ton of money. Yeah, you really, really love them towards the end of the season. They wrecked their conference. They, they won their conference championship game by 39 points. Disgusting. <laughs> Does not make sense. Should not be in that conference. Yeah, but that goes to show you just how bad their conference was and – that's really where they were beating up everybody. So they did play eight games against teams that were inside the top 200. They're like every single conference team that they play against was outside of the top 200. That shows you how bad it is. But in these eight games in teams inside the top 200, they averaged just 62.75 points per game. And unfortunately, the offense is really where they're good. Their defense ranks. 74th but they're playing some of the worst offensive teams in the country i don't think they're going to be able to slow down arkansas on the offensive side of the ball and arkansas is a top 20 defensive team in the country so i think arkansas is going to be able to keep them at bay i don't think vermont's going to have this you know hot game shooting from three like they normally do don't be surprised if they don't be surprised if they compete early on in this one but just like with colgate last year colgate was hanging around and looking that they're going to win us some money last year early on and then faded pretty hard towards the end of the game. Wouldn't be surprised to see the same sort of thing happen here. And this is uh, one of those classic ones where you might want to fade the public because public is all over Vermont. And it's helped us out because it's pushed that Arkansas line down quite a bit. Was it a point and a half so far? Yeah, and because, I mean, this is another one. It's, it's a 13-4 matchup, and you would expect to see more than five points. Exactly. But... We like La- we like being able to take those points in this last one. Last year, last year I think it was a similar matchup, and we took Colgate at plus four hundred on the money line, and I don't think Vermont's even over plus two hundred right now. Yeah, I think that's right around where they're sitting is right around two hundred. Insane, absolutely insane that <laughs> they're even that close. We are staying hot on the SEC here. We're taking. Alabama minus three and a half against Notre Dame over under in this game is one fifty two and a half. The luck of the Irish is going to end pretty quick for them. They're only going to get enjoy St. Patty's Day till Saturday. <laughs> and then we don't, yeah, you... we don't have a lot for this. We are just very hot on the SEC. And what really got us to the point where we decided we we're going to take Alabama is the fact that 
we think Alabama is capable of beating absolutely anybody. They've shown that they are. They've beaten um, Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Kentucky. No, they didn't beat Kentucky, did they? Duke. Did they beat Duke? Now again, I've looked at so many games the past few days. Yeah, they've they beat Gonzaga, though. They definitely Number beat one Gonzaga. overall team. You know, <laughs> and they play in the SEC. We talked about the ACC being incredibly weak this year. You know, Syracuse is down. Louisville is down. Duke, Coach K is on the out. So, I think Alabama here is a pretty safe bet, especially after just watching that Notre Dame game. They needed a miracle to win it. And you said something that pushed you away from Notre Dame is they don't play in a lot of close games. And this is floating around a one possession game. Yeah. That game we were thinking of, it was neither of the teams that we said, but uh, they may beat Kentucky in conference actually, but they beat Houston. I think that's what I was trying to think of at least. Yeah. They beat Houston. That's right. And yeah, so yeah, ACC is down. Alabama played one game against an ACC opponent. They're playing against Miami, who is in the tournament, and they beat them by 33 points earlier in the season. So they're they're a hot and cold team. You don't know exactly what you're going to get, but you also don't really know exactly what you're going to get with Notre Dame either. So they did just win a game, but Alabama was capable of beating anybody in the country, and you can't say that about Notre Dame. So let's roll with Alabama here. Take him at minus three and a half. Yeah, that was a rough one to pick, like most of those <laughs> closer seeds games. And we hope they're not the tournament or the team that plays the playing game and that ends up making a run, Notre Dame, because that would be incredibly disappointing, especially us having money on Indiana to make it <laughs> a little bit of a run there. And we are on to Texas Tech and Montana State, the Cougars. Not the Grizz. Not the Grizz. <laughs> Not the Grizz. <laughs> yeah, Texas Tech's a 14.5-point favorite. Over-under's 131.5. But we are taking Montana State to cover, plus 14.5 here. Texas Tech really struggles away from home. They're playing this one out in San Diego. They have two wins away from home this season by at least 15 points, and their next biggest win besides those ones is only by seven and then to go along with those wins, they have nine losses away from home. So this team is this is probably the biggest team in the country where they have a, such a huge home road split. So we're kind of targeting them on this one here. And then Montana State, they don't really lose games by a lot of points. They have one loss all season by at least 10 points. And this is 14 and a half points. You're getting some a little extra money here. I'm a fan of this game. Keeping it moving as well. One more thing on that one. I oh, sorry. Just came up with the last point. Um, Texas Tech plays awesome defense. So I don't think it's going to be a super high-scoring game. So in a low-scoring game, to create a margin of 15 points is going to be even more difficult. So definitely like Montana State to be able to keep this one relatively close. I do, too. Now let's move on to the next one. <laughs> Are you ready? You ready? <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Yeah. All right. We got seven seed Michigan State, two-point favorite against number 10 seed Davidson. 
And we're taking it Davidson money line at minus 105. The over-under in this game is 141. And big reason why we're taking Davidson here is they have been very impressive. They're incredibly efficient on offense. One of the most efficient teams on offense, actually. They don't put up an unreal amount of shots, but the shots they do put up go in, and they have a very conservative pace that's they take efficient. they take their time to get their shot but when they get their shot they're more often not hitting it I, one of the better shooting percentages in the whole country and they've won me some money late in this part of the season they won me some money against st louis st bonaventure dayton and they are a very solid team we all probably remember the historic run with steph curry where they were that Cinderella. This is a, you know, because they beat Duke that that year. And when they win this game, and spoiler alert, when Duke wins their game, they're going to be playing against each other. That would be incredible. It's, it's going to happen. One of the other reasons why we really like this one, though, is that it, this is essentially going to be a home game for Davidson. It's a two-hour drive to Greenville, South Carolina, where this game is going to be played. And there's a little revenge factor in this one. Davidson's point guard, Foster Lawyer, played for Michigan State last year. You know that dude wants to go out there and show Michigan State what they're missing out on. This is a perfect time to just dominate Michigan State, and it's not a very good Michigan State team. No, I mean, they'd, they've they got their good wins throughout the season, but they're not their typical selves, and they really didn't finish the season all that well. They went 3-5 and five in February and then 1-2 and two in March before winning a couple games in the tournament, which I feel like those couple wins kind of changed everybody's mind, some on Michigan State, and made everybody think maybe they're coming around and they'll be all right, but... I'm not buying it in this one. I am not either. And like you touched on just a little bit, we think Davidson will win this game and end up having to play the Duke Blue Devils in Coach K's last NCAA tournament. And we are taking Duke minus 18.5 versus Cal State Fullerton. Over-under in this game is a 145.5 think Duke is going to cover this 18.5 point spread because Cal State Fullerton averages 12 turnovers a game in games when Duke has forced 12 turnovers or more. They're 11-1 with an average margin of victory of 25 points. Going to be a bloodbath. Again, one of these huge C discrepancies where you're just hoping the other team doesn't get killed. Um, oh, they're going to get killed. Like, actually killed. Like, they <laughs> are going to have to be stretchered off. Uh, Duke, we'll see what they're made of in this tournament. This is Coach K's last tournament. Are they going to be able to really give him the send-off he deserves? Personally, I don't think so. Don't That's ultimately what led me to my final four pick in the last part of our episode here. You want to start off here for? You want me to start off my four? Well, they're very similar. We could. They are very similar. All right. I'll start first with with the West. I'm going with Gonzaga to make it there and get them at minus 140, make the final four. And I'm telling you, 
Yeah, I'm tailing you here with Gonzaga minus 140. Like we said there at the top of every metric, I think they have one of the easiest routes to get to the Final Four. And then in the East, we're going with another team that we've been riding for a while and been really hot on, and that's Kentucky, plus 200. Um, they they kind of I think they lucked out having Baylor as the number one seed in their uh, region. I think Baylor's probably the weakest one seed out there, so I think Kentucky is able to pull this one off. I agree. Tailing you as well there. Team, we're a little bit different on. A little different on. We think we have the same matchup in the Elite Eight, but I'm taking Arizona to get there, plus 135. And I'm taking Tennessee at plus 550. I think their athleticism is going to be overwhelming for Arizona. I could absolutely see that one happening. These two teams did play earlier in the year, and Tennessee beat them. It was like two-point win at home so it was a close one i just personally have arizona getting a little revenge getting the win in this one but we'll see what happens so exciting hopefully hopefully tennessee doesn't even make it there hopefully longwood knocks them off that would be insane and hopefully it happens for anybody that you know might have bet on a site that you know isn't legal in their state all right, wrapping up our final four in the Midwest. I'm taking Iowa to win this one. Five-seed Iowa to make it all the way. That's plus 375. Like we said, I mean, there's a really, really hot team right now, and I think they're going to be able to carry that through the tournament. And I'm tailing you on this one at plus 375. And that wraps up both of our final four, just a little bit different, but not much. We both have pretty much the same information. And let's give these people some sleepers. Because we are sleepy ourselves. You look very sleepy over there. All right, these are long shots to make the final four. So my first long shot, it's not a huge long shot, but um, I'm going to be taking UCLA at plus 450. I like their path there. Um, It's another one where they benefit from Baylor being the number one seed. They may not even have to face Baylor to get to this point. So give me UCLA as a long shot to get into the final four. My long shot here is USC. They are plus 2,500 to make the final four. I really like them here because I feel like if they make it through their portion of the bracket, they've got it, or they make it through really this first game against Miami. They've got kind of an easier stretch than anybody else. Uh, on their side of the bracket, their one seed is Kansas, and I think they can beat Kansas. They've got incredible length. They've got incredible ability to rebound and get expert possessions. And honestly, I'm not that impressed with Auburn, like we talked about earlier in the show. I think this, for this value, makes them a little bit of an easier pick for me. Another pick I've got for a deep sleeper is Virginia Tech, and their plus – well, I had to go somewhere to find this one, so <laughs> – somewhere maybe illegal not in the state of virginia i i've heard it from a friend on a blog but virginia tech plus 1600 to make the final four and that's my last sleeper my last sleeper is going to be alabama you met plus 2500 we said we liked them to beat notre dame in the first round they would likely then match up with texas tech touched on texas tech struggling away from home alabama has the ability to beat anybody in the country like I could see them winning that game. They would then likely come up against Duke if Davidson doesn't knock them off. 
I think at some point the pressure of being Coach K's final season is going to get to the players at Duke. I think they crumbled in that UNC game at home because of all the pressure, and they couldn't pull off that conference tournament championship. So I could see Alabama again knocking them off, and they would very likely then be playing Gonzaga, and they already beat them once this year. And with a team like Gonzaga, I think it really helps to have played them once this year because having Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren, it's a pretty unique dynamic that you don't see on too many teams. So having a game plan that you know already worked once against them, I could see it happening. It's a long shot, but maybe worth a little sprinkle up, plus 2,500. Those are our sleepers. Those are our picks for every single first-round game, and it is super it's early in the morning now we are 4 23 a.m here in the seven cities <laughs> our episode is coming out in 30 minutes our episode is coming out in 30 minutes what an episode it is march mega madness. marathon march madness episode mega marathon march madness episode we are gonna win some major money what a beautiful time to be alive i'm brady parkins I'm Charlie Wise, and this is the 7-6 Podcast. Thanks for listening.